The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Cash Cuties. A personal finance... Are you talking about that part? <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. Because we can't do it together anymore, so... Oh, what? Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Welcome to Cash Cuties, a personal finance... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Cash... <laughs> you haven't done this in two weeks and now you forgot everything? Do you even know who I am? <laughs> Stop. Okay. Three, two, one. Welcome to Cash Cuties, a super personal finance podcast where we analyze our friends' credit card statements and judge their spending habits with love. I'm Steffi Bake. And I am Fumiabe. If you're listening on your Apple Pod app, please leave us a review. Hit follow on Spotify, Spotify and sub to our YouTube channel for the video version of this podcast. All the links are available in the episode description below. And these uh, subscriptions, are, we're going up. I think we're, we're like 1.65K. So Whoa. help us reach 10,000. That's our goal. I would love for us to have one of those like YouTube plaques someday. You know what I'm talking about? Those <gasps> YouTube plaques? Bro. That'd be sick. And then we would sell that probably because that means nothing to us. But it would be nice to have some silver uh, in our oh household. Oh my God. As we're, the economy is crashing. Th- so amazing. That would be like, what are we? Uh, 999,000. Thousand. Oh wait! <laughs> I think you need a hundred thousand. It's a hundred, oh. right? I think it's a hundred. I think you need a hundred thousand for silver. Okay. Anyways, help us get we there, can do man. It. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's we, just I think do we can it. do it. And honestly, mm-hmm. the reviews have been slow recently. And guys, these reviews really matter, especially on Spotify and Apple. So if you have an iPhone, please, please, please take two seconds. Just pause this right now. Leave a review. You can just like put some gibberish there if you want. But if it's funny and if it's cute, <laughs> we'll read it on the podcast, and then you get more attention. Um, the emojis. Moving on. Yes. Moving yeah. on. Uh, let's give a shout out to our donor daddies. These are people who give us money on Patreon. What is Patreon? It is the best way to support this podcast uh in exchange for your donation we give you bonus episodes and behind the scenes content that Steffi posts on a regular basis um and we use this money for um operating costs and like rental fees and also our hard work you know we put a lot of money into this and and time into this and, and Steffi is coming live at you today from like Serbia or wherever the fuck she is right now like she's everywhere bro <laughs> and it's crazy so that's what this is um yeah. we had two people donate this week so shout out to John C for five dollars and Ashlyn L who was already a donator person or donor uh but she upped it from five to ten dollars so thank you guys so much and if you want to shout out on the podcast and get bonus content go to uh, patreon.com slash cash cuties pod 
That is so funny. When you said donor, like it sounds like egg donor, sperm donor. Sperm I guess they donor, are donors, yeah. right? We're, we also That's take cool. sperm, by the way. If anybody was ever confused, if Ew, people are like, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have five dollars. You can give us eggs or sperm. You can mail that to eggs. Eggs is way more money, dude. Is it really? Are you sure? Yes. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure eggs, you get much more money for eggs. It's like, I think an egg is like more than $10,000, something like that. For Sperm, one egg. There's, yeah, something like one egg. But what if... I might be making... But what if it's good We need to do the finances of that. Of what? Um, well, I don't want to do the like, IVF because that gets too sad, but um, I want to do like sperm donation oh. and egg donation. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Jizz versus egg? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, every I time I, I tell our friends, way. every time I tell people what this podcast is about, I'm always like, yeah, it's like this personal, it's like a funny personal finance podcast. But then like, as, I, as I'm editing these episodes, I'm like, this podcast is mainly about cum is what I'm realizing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we no! mainly talk about we mainly talk about jizzing <laughs> and fucking and sucking. <laughs> there is a lot of sexual shit we talk about. We yeah. don't mean to. I'm I'm gonna say it's because of your comedy, your spanking comedy, and your Japanese. My spanking comedy, my Japanese ness. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Okay. Uh, well, I I want to know. I have a question for you. I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. How yes. are you doing financially, Fumi? Um, I'm doing okay. Uh, I got a residual check recently, which saved my ass, which is amazing. But I went to um, Vegas a couple weeks ago, and I had this little financial encounter. And it was a really small one, but it bothered me so much. It like kind of ruined my trip. <laughs> and I wanted to get your take on it. So uh -oh. I go to... Um, I we drive to Vegas, right? Because we wanted to do that. It's a short drive. We wanted to do that drive because it's kind of pretty. So we go there and we get to the hotel a little early. And I don't know what's going on. I mean, I don't know how it is in Europe, but I feel like hotels these days they don't let you check in until like sometimes like four. It's like so. It, mm -hmm. When I was younger, it used to be like noon, and then it was like one. And now it's like sometimes five for Airbnbs. Like it's fucking crazy. So mm -hmm. we got there and like we weren't able to check in, but we had all this stuff on us and we're like, why don't we just like let them have this, like let, like, let them hold our stuff and then we'll come back. In a regular hotel, you can just do that for free. But at this spot, you have to go to like the door, the bell door or whatever, the bellmen. And they take <laughs> it for you and they're really nice and they give you restaurant recommendations. And then at the end, you're supposed to tip them right you're supposed to tip them uh -huh. and yeah. um i didn't know that so i wasn't going to but then maria was like you have to tip like she was like you have to fucking tip this guy and i was like fine fine wait so I look at my you didn't know you had to tip them i thought you tip them when they come to your door like i you know what i mean like in so in this scenario you have to tip twice once when you give them your shit and yeah. another when they bring it up i i knew you're supposed to tip when they when they bring it up to your room yeah but i didn't know you're supposed to tip when you give them the stuff you know you know what i mean no, you only do it when you, you're talking about like at the front, right? And then you grab, they grab the bags and then you go up. So because it's vague, so like what we did is we gave them the stuff, walked around for a couple hours and then came back into our rooms, called them and then they brought back our stuff. So I mm -hmm. obviously, I know you're supposed to tip them if they come to your room. I didn't know you're supposed to tip them when you mm. give them the luggage uh, in the first place. And it's, it wasn't at the front desk. You had to go to a separate 
section where it's like a door the door people work and it looked kind of i, I mean the the it was a different I, I know what you're picturing it, it's not like i gave the front desk person money this mm -hmm. was like a separate window where they only take people's bags and like yeah maybe tipping was the vibe but i was like i don't want to tip twice so i just i wasn't going to but then maria was like yeah tip him i was like fine so i was like okay i'll give him like two dollars or something i look at my wallet and i say oh man i only have a five and I think I say something like, could you maybe break this or something? Oh. Right? I, I said, could you break this? But yeah. he, this doorman, I think he knew what he was doing. He, he, he does, he fucking judoed me. He fucking did this. Mm -hmm. He goes, mm -hmm. he goes, oh, wow, $5. That's so much. So, he, so by saying that, he sort of like purposely misinterpreted what I meant by being like, oh, I only have five. Like, I'm going to give you five. <gasps> when I actually said like, can you break my five? I think he thought I said, can you take my five? Or like something. He just, oh, he kind of okay. did this acting thing. And he was like, oh, that's so much. Thank you. He thanked yeah. me. So <gasps> I had to give him $5, right? Well, you could, and then, okay, you, you didn't want to ask him. You didn't want to ask for the money back. I no because he already did he already did his fucking Shakespeare thing and I was like I don't want to be like no you're wrong what I meant to do was to get changed and give you two dollars so like so then I give him five and I'm like bitching about it Maria and I we go get lunch after we come back we go to the hotel room we call the bell desk guy they come up it's like so the, the guy I dealt with was a white guy and the guy that came to our room was like this like really nice brown guy but Maria and I didn't have cash so we only had one dollar so we gave this guy who came up to a room only one dollar but this fucking sicko white guy five dollars and i felt so like annoyed <laughs> about the whole situation he tricked me he tricked me with the tip has that ever happened to you That's, uh, i feel situations where no but i yes and no i would have asked even after that awkwardness i kind of so cheap you that really I would have asked like, okay what like, would you oh no i meant sorry i actually don't i i would this is true if i that was my only five dollars i'd be like oh i need the rest for like a different uh tipping situation sorry do you mind i should have said that i should have said i need the rest for the other guy <laughs> fuck dude but it's more it's more interesting that you did that fumi and you're uh i don't know what, why i was I gonna call in? you a cuck for some reason <laughs> Yeah, I was being like all beta about it. But I, I, I think it's like, you know, we always talk about like money is awkward. And when like, it's almost like whoever makes that first move wins. So the, because yeah. he said, oh, thank you. He, yeah. That's his chess move, right? He, he made the first oh, move. Oh, man. And so I had sucks. to sort of like surrender. I know. That, that I mean, really sucks. I feel you on that one. I feel yeah. the energy and the awkwardness there. The awkwardness, man. $5 Especially the $1 for, guy. Yeah. Also the $1 yes. guy. That's just embarrassing. You, it's so embarrassing. It's embarrassing because you're like, it makes you no matter what just makes you look cheap. Not even like, oh yeah. It's not about poorness. It's just your huge cheapo. I made <laughs> Maria gave, give him a dollar because I was <gasps> oh like, my God. It, I was like, at least you're cute me. and maybe, no, 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 with Maria, I was like, at least you're cute. Like you can just go be nice and be girly for a second. I'm being super sexist right now, but I had to, these yeah. were crazy times. I had no money. So I oh had to pay God. him and other things, you know? That's really nice of her. Was she down to do it? Does she not care? She, no, but like she did it for me because she was like, you're right. I think if I, if a man did it, it's going to make him like sadder. So she was like, I'll just do it. So she did it and gave him a big smile and one dollar um, while the 
white guy took five dollars anyways so that kind of like put a damper on my whole trip and i was in vegas and i was kind of annoyed about it but that's how i'm doing financially (laughs) i'm still chronically stingy this is who i am um how about you how are you doing financially um so i don't know if you remember this i started selling my clothes and oh, yeah. I, remember this. I made some money and I really wanted to talk about that. So I decided in this episode, we are going to be talking about the finances of thrifting and reselling clothes. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> like, you know, and I, I know when I was going through this with you, you kind of had some questions because you don't necessarily always do this or have done this. Have you tried any sort of resell of clothes before? Um, I've I know sold you purchased stuff. it. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, you know, it's interesting. I'm actually not like, I, it's it's a very new thing for me. I like when I first moved to New York, like Beacon's Closet was like a huge thing, but I never went there. I never went yeah. to Buffalo Exchange. Like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm familiar with all these things, but something about thrifting, I, I think it's, I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's kind of problematic, but I think I like new things. So I never even really considered it, but I, I ah. have gone to sell stuff in the past. And um, we're going to actually get into why you feel that way. The psychology okay. a bit. Okay. And I could tell you maybe that this may be a reason. Because I, okay. I think a lot of our listeners feel similarly. Okay, right. so I wanted to first go into the definition of thrifting here. Thrifting Ooh. is usually a donation-based shop like Goodwill or Salvation Army. That's usually when you're like, hey, I'm going to go thrift. That's where you go purchase these. Resell is when a company like Buffalo Exchange or Crossroads or Wasteland, Depop, Beacons Closet, they buy your items up front and they pay you with cash or store credit. Okay. Um, now there's online forms of this like Poshmark or The Real Real, which is like a high-end luxury form of resale consignment is another form of resale of secondhand clothes which is where you consign your clothes you leave your clothes typically at a brick and mortar and once the item sells that's when you get a percentage for the items that you that was just sold yeah same i've never heard of that actually i feel like it was when i first started thrifting and doing resale and all that stuff it was I went on like a binge, like on Yelp, trying to just find every place I could to be able to do this. And I was almost like running it as a business, which is, I forgot about that. I want to talk about that a bit. Um, And consignment is like, I think more of an old school thing. Less people are doing that. Um, And it has like every consignment store I went to was like run by like old little lady Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like it's, oh, so it's just not like cool consignment specifically i just haven't seen many places and i think a lot of them close down specifically okay. consignment where you just like okay. give your you you leave your pieces of clothing or your items um you know where they have a lot of that is um if you go to like Ventura County or Palm Springs or places outside of Los Angeles, where I think there's just more space, you'll find these like antique shops where it's broken into like a hundred different spaces and mm-hmm. people can sign. But these are like el- typically elderly. What I've seen is elderly community, you know, people have, who have Wait. like retired this is fascinating. So it's like, because when you described this to me, I was picturing like 
sort of like a Portlandia sketch where like it's a really <laughs> yeah. small store and you have to pay like a thousand dollars to have like one yeah. shelf. Yeah, but yeah. you're saying like it's more actually it's actually more common like in the antique and the elder community. Yes, like it's actually yes. it's not yes. very cool. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. But you know, there's like a weird coolness to that type of antiquing too. It's very niche, sure. like going out there, like if you want unique 60s, 50s, you know, 30s pieces, you can't really find them in L.A. unless you're going to, you know, buy for an exorbitant amount. So people take these trips and they go thrifting. They'll, you know, drive oh. to some place like between here and like San Francisco, some city I don't like know the name of. And yeah. they'll do this because it's more normal there. Um, that's cool. So that's another form. And then there's like this other one called that's more unique it's i've only seen one of these shops it's called redress um and it's where you rent a rack for a hundred dollars a week and you sell and then you when you sell your piece you or pieces on that rack you give 50 percent of the purchase to the brick and mortar and you keep the rest and this is typically a nordic style of selling reselling second hand uh, clothing and i think like that's really cool yeah, oh. yeah 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 oh sorry so, i was confusing this with consignment these are different because they're different but i think there are i think some of these there is like uh they a lap mix. Re, okay, a mix okay, of okay. these things so this this can be cool if like you have a following or something and people are like, I want to dress like Steffi. I think it actually mm -hmm. can be quite profitable if you like, oh, yes. if I knew that if I want to dress like you, <laughs> you yes. can go to this place and dress like Steffi. But then the other thing Absolutely. is, I bet it's half clothing enthusiasts and then half fucking creepos who want to smell your shit. Yeah, Fumi, that's, that's you, <laughs> huh? <laughs> I was like, my head did so? not go there, but yes, yes, I do think that you're right. <laughs> we should have a Cash Cuties, like, a little Yeah, a Cash uh, Cuties rack. thing. It's all my underwear. <laughs> Scratch and sniff before purchasing. Yes, yeah, we'll put that. Um, there, okay, do you know Depop? That's kind of like the Gen Z and millennial, like, online version of resale that, like, it's an app. Well, they had a brick and mortar, and I still, I don't know if they still have it. But they used to have one in L.A. and one in New York. And they had uh, part of their marketing when they created the brick and mortar pop up or whatever. It, they had like influencers have little mm. racks. So kind of do okay. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To bring business. But I don't know if it's doing well, the, the brick and mortar version. Not sure. Mm, Anyways, yeah. uh, let's cool. get into like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's... Who's buying this stuff? And I found the stats fascinating. The types of people okay. who buy. 18 to 24-year-olds are the most frequent thrift store shoppers, with 40% of them visiting thrift stores within a month. That's crazy. 60, I'm s is it? <laughs> is this... Um, I, do, now, just... And I know you don't have stats like historical data, but do you feel like this is what it is now, or do you think it's always been like this? No, I think this is a new thing and I think mm. it has, and I'm going to tell you why in a minute okay, of okay. why I think the Gen Zers are doing this. 62% of Gen Z and millennial consumers say they look for items secondhand before buying it new. Wow. And almost half, yeah, isn't that interesting? And almost half of Gen Z and millennial consumers, 46%, consider the potential resale value of an item before purchasing it. <gasps> 
So oh. consumer, these consumers are second guessing before purchasing whether they right. can sell it. And right, I think right. that's, they're being more aware. Smart. They're like self, they're being aware shoppers. Um, well, yeah, I think they don't want to buy junk. And I think that makes sense yes. because... Uh, in my generation, fast fashion was very much a thing, and it was a lot of. We were buying mm-hmm. a lot of junk. We were buying H and M t-shirts for five dollars, you know, with, exactly. with zero resale value. Yeah, exactly. Um, interestingly, baby boomers are responsible for fifty percent of all money spent at thrift stores and resale stores, which I thought was also very interesting. People that would be like our money. parents. Right. Yeah, of all the actual money because they have money i wonder what uh, that means like is there like are they is it not that they're going that frequently but it's more just like they're buying like furniture or like more expensive things yeah i mean i feel like just on an anecdotal level when i go into any of these like salvation armies i feel like it's usually like funky <laughs> I don't want to know use the word funky, but no, be mean, they're definitely be mean. like off. It's like offbeat weirdos. Like I'm one of yeah. them. Right. But like offbeat people that are like over the age of 45, like or 50 mm. or something. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like they they're always like wearing mismatched clothes. They they don't know how they don't know fashion. Like when I go into these shops, I do see the younger generation, like the Gen Zers with good fashion purchasing shit. And then I see like randos that are older who are like my you know weird uncles with random jobs like going in there and like purchasing things and right right yeah i can see that i think they're the ones that are like going on ebay and reselling these things that's Mm. what i think or it's like they're collectors or they're hot or they like you know they're veterans and they find meaning go ahead i was gonna say like they're veterans who like find meaning i'm the type of person like i find meaning when i purchase things like i i find like oh i i like thinking about like the essence of like who is wearing it what are the vibes of this person like sometimes i want to find treasures in their pocket and i don't know like something about that right which was why some people don't want to purchase secondhand so you don't think there are people going thrifting who are legitimately like i'm just going to buy new clothes and like they're not trying to be cool they're just going there because that's what they can uh, afford. No, no, I, I do. I, I definitely think that's true too, is that it is okay. way more affordable, right? Mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. a way to, to um, buy things um, with more with your money right. than if you were to buy it brand new, depending on what it is. Um, so 50% of US consumers expect to buy secondhand over the next five years. So this is really growing as a way of uh, purchasing clothes. So thrifting is a sustainable shopping trend. Many people see thrifting as a greener alternative to fast fashion industry that we we grew up seeing, right? Like with the Forever 21s, the H&Ms. Um, but I learned that thrifting actually, as popular as it is right now, it dates back to the 17th century. With secondhand, I know, I know, That's I was crazy. blown. I know. So they're saying back in the day, secondhand clothes dealers, um, well, at least the written st- history in English that we can find that I know of is um, 
they they noticed in history that like the secondhand dealers were in Venice. It started in Ve- Venice, Italy, and in the 18th century, it became more common in urban areas with clothing, uh, typically being brought in from domestic servants that would receive gifts of cast off clothes. What's that and then mean? It What's wasn't a cast off clothes? Um, I don't want to say for sure, but I think sometimes you're given clothes during actually I, I don't want to say I don't know <laughs> I don't know um don't this know. is so funny because I'm literally picturing like hipsters in Italy in the year 1600 fucking being like did you get that like Mongolian hat from 1300 like <laughs> that's the thrifting that's so great like think about the stuff that we think are cool now like that are vintage yeah but there are yeah. these people in the 1700s who are like wanting things from like the year 1490 like that's incredible right. Well, you know what I think kind of, uh, I know in that time, like when the servants were sometimes gifted from the, I guess, are they called the owners? I don't know if this, like, it sounds problematic now, but the, o- the slave owners, they mm-hmm. would sometimes gift like their, their slaves pieces of clothing, but these slaves unfortunately couldn't wear it. Like they're not, it, it doesn't serve them because they can't work in it. So they, what, what they would do is they'd resell the pieces of clothing for money. <gasps> oh my God. That's what this yeah. is. That's yeah. wow. Yeah. What a dramatic history. Yes. What it's really dr- dramatic. So much drama, yeah. dude. Yes. And then, so in the early 19th century, it started gaining a lot of popularity during the great depression. Uh, when people were struggling to make ends meet and couldn't buy clothes at full price. So that's when charitable organizations became sellers, like the Salvation Army was created, I think, in the, I want to say 1897, something like that. And, uh, but at this, by 2020, the thrift store industry reached the revenue of of, uh, $10.5 billion dollars. In 2020, and when you say thrift here, you're 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 not talking about the Buffalo Exchange. This is about Salvation Army and Goodwill. Um, no, it's all. I believe yes, yeah, yeah. You're right. For this, I think it's no, no, no. It's all secondhand resale. It's resale okay, it's as well as thrifting. Yes, gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and this market is projected to double in the next five years, and will be twice as big as the fast fashion market by 2030. Isn't that crazy? Twice as big as the fast fashion. Oh, so you're saying like within the next, you know, five to seven years, people like more people will be buying resale and stuff like that uh, compared to people seeking out like a t-shirt from Uniqlo or something like that. Yes. Yes. I believe believe it a hundred percent. I believe it. Um, the resale market generated 20 billion in 2020 and is expected to reach 65 billion within the next five years. Just for reference, um, the global fast fashion market is, uh, at $106 billion just for reference. So it's not like, it's about half of that. Um, Mm -hmm. which is pretty crazy because, you know, I can't really, I, I always thought, you know, the fast fashion industry was like tenfold bigger than the used clothing sort of market but it's only about half which is crazy which sort of speaks like the speed at which it's growing i think it's going to shift where they might change spaces and there's all these docs now like i'm sure you've heard of true waste on netflix no and if you have um they re- they go into like the factory workers and like how much money 
is actually being tossed out. Like, guess how much dollars is wasted in textiles? Just generally, like fabric what do you mean that's by not wasted, used. Though, what do you mean? Like, oh. like no one's using that textile. It is literally like thrown away to the abyss. And is that because like a company like H and M will buy a bunch to make T-shirts, but a they didn't fabric. sell enough, so exactly. So now they're just this leftover. I have no idea. I don't know. In the U.S., specifically in the U.S., it's a hundred billion dollars worth of wasted materials. Waste. Yes. That's crazy. Isn't that insane? It's just sitting somewhere. And a lot of this stuff is made out of these fabrics, these uh, fake fabrics, like acrylic and polyester that are not degradable. They're not biodegradable. So that's why there's like sitting. Atsuko was talking about this, about how like there's like somewhere in California, there's like a mountain of just H&M t-shirts because they can't like, they don't decompose and they don't know what to do. It's like a landfill. It just goes in a fucking landfill. Yeah, That's and crazy. Le- isn't that crazy? And less than 1% of the textiles produced for clothing is recycled into any new clothing. So they're not doing I, I, anything uh, with this shit. Yeah. You see that, right? You, you've, that's what I mean. Like, there's all these docs and like, pe- it start, people are like, are aware of this now and the damage it's doing to our environment. This episode was sponsored by an anonymous vegan who invites listeners to try eating plant-based for the animals and planet. It seems like everyone is going through layoffs these days, Fumi. Do you notice that? Yeah, it's mad scary. If that's you, listen up. You might be entitled to more rights than you know. When you get laid off, your employer is probably going to make you sign an NDA before they finalize your layoff. And your company is going to pressure you to sign this document and tell you that if you don't, they're not going to give you your final paycheck. But you should talk to a professional before doing so. Did you know that you can negotiate your severance pay? (gasps) Do not accept it right away. It is tempting, but they're going to lay you off so you need to get as much as you can there's also something called the waste transparency law that just passed in march of 2023 which allows you to freely discuss your compensation with your co-workers in, out in the open to see if you are getting paid around the same um, or if there's some sort of wage discrimination you need to know your worth if you have any questions about employment issues or layoffs contact brianna kim pc your korean lawyer friend and get some advice she works on contingencies so it's free until your case is won Go to koreanlawyerfriend.com or leave a voicemail at 714-482-6301. Don't forget to mention Cash Cuties when you reach out. Yeah, well, we can go into now the fun bit more of the fun part now that we are educated in this thrifting. Yeah, and no, we're I not telling smarter. you. We're, I'm not telling any Cash Cutie to go thrifting. Like, I'm, and I'm not shaming you for like but purchasing. It, but it's important to know this, I think. I, I think it's just like, this is just knowledge that you should be aware of. And with that information, do as you please. Um, yes. But I personally love thrifting and I do feel like I'm doing something for the environment. Like every country I go to, it is like one of my top three things I have to do. I have to go to a museum. I have to go thrift shopping. Like it's, mm-hmm. I love seeing what's being resold in every country. And it's so different in every country. Um, I do notice you, like, things. Wh- when did you get into thrifting and stuff? It's just cause like, I know you're into fashion now, but like, mm-hmm. were you into it as a middle schooler? Cause you know, you said earlier, you know, you said 40% of people are, yeah. are going to these thrifting places are 18 to 24. You know, sometimes when I go to uh, Melrose and I go to these places, I bought like a vest a couple months ago 
that camo one that I've worn like a bunch of times, uh, in line in front of me was a 13 year old boy buying like a used Supreme t-shirt mm-hmm. and it was like a hundred dollars and he just mm-hmm. had a hundred dollar bill in his pocket. It was the most, I mean, it was very LA. Like this kid is very rich, but, uh, <laughs> I just, Maria and I were talking about how like, Oh my God, like none of my friends did that shit in high school. You know, we were all going no. like Abercrombie or Hollister. Like it just wasn't. So like, when did you get into it? And was it always sort of a, from an environmental angle? Um, I, you can be honest. You can be honest. I know. Yeah, yeah. I am always honest on here. Because I guess what I'm <laughs> saying is that boy that bought the Supreme T-shirt. I don't think he was like this one's for the fucking dolphins. You know what I'm saying? Like he wanted to get laid. He's not. He's not doing it because buying a T-shirt from H and M means you're sticking a bubble tea straw That's in a so turtle's funny. nose. You know? But yeah. I, I actually wonder if not him, but. I do think that there is something about Gen Z who is just much more aware with, you know, with social media and like information just like traveling so fast and like think like yeah. what the teachers who are now people our age and like, you know, they are, I think, doing their best to like educate these kids about global warming and like sustainability things that I don't think we, I, in my public school, we barely talked about those things. Those things were not important I, yeah. things. You know what? Right? You're, you're, you're so good so, at not judging people. Maybe that kid <laughs> was doing it for the environment and to get ahead. Maybe he had, can, head you, can, you, can you be horny? Can you horny, <laughs> be horny for the environment and pussy? 100%. And who am I no. to judge him? Oh my god, saving the dolphins while getting head. Love it. <laughs> Put that um, on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually think I've been thrifting. Okay, I've been wearing secondhand in a unconventional way that I think actually it's not that unconventional. It's just never framed in the way that it's secondhand is my grandparents. <laughs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And my mom's clothing since I was young. I've always had such an attachment to clothes and material Mm. items. And I remember, like, if my grandma came to my house, it was just like the day before she would leave, um... I just always felt so anxious and insecure. I'm talking about like when I was like six or seven years old, I would always have to take like a piece of her clothing plus Mm -hmm. a piece of my own clothing and shove it like in a corner in the house so that no one would try to find it and wash it. There was this weird thing I had with like... Yeah, I know. It, it, there was something about like the essence of us having to stay together. Wait, wait, it, 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 it's the clothes you were wearing when you were hanging out with your grandma. Yes, preserved? like the day. Yes, the day the of. The day of. Okay. That okay, touched. Okay, okay. That touched her clothes. 
oh that's so interesting and Isn't like freaky weird? but like in a cute it's creepy. way like so it's creepy. just sort of like how do you steal her clothes like that i mean it's she, better than bait? hair right it's better than hair it's way it's better hoarded. than hair but so, so do you wait until she takes a bath and you just like sneak in there and you take yeah, her yeah i see i see take a sock and my grandma's like where's sock? i'm like those damn washers i don't know and she's like no i don't know i just uh yeah i would take like something of hers like i had to do that um yeah um what is that called when you're you steal kleptomania oh, <laughs> like oh, kleptom- you're a hoarder yeah but you're not I'm stealing both. from a business it's different it's different yeah yeah yeah. so um i had that habit for a while like i couldn't not i thought something bad was going to happen if i didn't and i know that's a form of ocd i just and mm. that. but i was oh, able wow. to kick it like when i got into high school or like during high school or a little after high school <laughs> now, do you, do, but anyways what, what kind of stores were you going to in high school um i okay the type of sh- I was not a big fashion person on myself, but I was always the stylist for everyone else in my family and my friends. So mm. I per- I did not personally shop uh, that much for myself. And if it was, I had to be very, very conservative. I mm. had to be very, the clothes had to be discreet. And I wouldn't shop vintage because I don't think I was aware of what that was. I had gone to swap meets, Mm. I had been to swap meets and I would buy like hairpins and things like that, but never a secondhand shop. And, um, it wasn't until I was in my long term. I was in an eight year relationship and I was with this guy. And at the beginning of it, I was also reselling Nespresso pod, you know, like those coffee pods. <laughs> yes. Nes- yes. There, there used to be this like th- accessory, a, Nes- a Nespresso pod holder that you could okay. purchase like these long things you put the pods into Yeah. that I started importing, exporting those from China and reselling <laughs> Wait, for money. <laughs> Yeah, for money. Yeah. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> when did you do this? Yeah. Before real yeah. estate? Yeah. Uh, before before real estate, in between real estate, and during, like the beginning, like the first. Oh my God. It was you probably like, like a year fucking, before. And the, you sound like the cousin from Beef right now, like getting into weird <laughs> Chinese export import yeah, business. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who became really successful. Uh, my friend, he, I actually helped him buy multiple real estate properties because he was reselling a bunch of different things, um, that is still his from college. I met him in college. And so he's kind of the one that got me into it. And I was like, Oh shit, I could like start a business. I could like, I, I, I like, I just did it. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So he, he taught me about importing, exporting, and he had to ha- help me with the Chinese. Cause everything was in Chinese. Yeah. I also had to learn it, but that's when I learned about the holidays and how they take time off during certain parts of the year. I know your ex-boyfriend was, Taiwanese or Chinese or something? Is this how you met him during Ta- a train? Ta- no. Ta- Taiwanese? No, no, no. <laughs> he was he was an ABC American born. Like he didn't oh, know it. he okay, couldn't okay, speak okay, it okay. or anything really. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but while I was doing that, I got really, really good at selling things on eBay. And while I was doing that, I started selling other shit that I had around the house. And he had he was a kid who loved buying designer things when he was in like middle school and high school like he would save up all his money and he would he would like travel to japan and he'd buy things right 
secondhand mm-hmm. actually so i had these like old he, he didn't want them anymore we we're moving so he's like you want to sell these things you could have it so i had all these louis vuitton prada things that were like the leather could be like in the shittiest condition like worn in the leather's falling off and people were buying it for like 250 300 dollars they were bidding up for it and that's when i learned the power of bidding and auction because i would take <laughs> i <laughs> and that's when i got really really into negotiating and why i loved that was always my favorite part of real estate is negotiating the purchase of a home for anybody or when selling a property uh, getting the best deal for my clients i i seriously got it from all of that and also like my mom just always being really thrifty Bro, this, and stuff. i feel like i'm sitting in a um like a scam seminar about <laughs> like sales or something N- nothing scammy it was all legit that's the beauty of it it's all legit <laughs> okay okay continue am i teaching continue. you how to get into it <laughs> like <laughs> um so I sold some of my, uh, some of his things. That's when I learned, uh, and then obviously we broke up. I started dating other guys and there's this one guy that I really was just like the most toxic person I ever dated. I, th- I talked about him on our pod before, the guy that wears mm-hmm. all the chrome heart. The chrome hearts? <laughs> he, had, he had a small uh, fashion company that he had started and which was fucking ugly by the way uh but i didn't say that of course and i you know supported it all the way as a girl who dated he's just i just dated him i wasn't someone i dated long term and um i took his pieces of clothing and i sold like probably 15 to 20 pieces of all because he would just give it to me and because like i would support it and i was wearing it and i was like wait, wait, wait. this literally is uh, like se- his company's clothes or his yeah, personal clothes his, no his company like his, his co- okay. brand's clothes he would just give you know give me any you know like test out pieces sample pieces and then like i would model them basically and then you'd uh, sell which is them influencer That's so shit. mean no he was a piece of shit so like he was actually this like is after one you broke up or during yes after no 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 okay, after. Okay, 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 okay. so that's when i was like i need to like do some like i need to be vindicated so wow. what i did is i went to i didn't go in la i went to orange county so i wasn't that much of an asshole because i didn't want him to see that i was selling all his pieces of clothing and i sold mm-hmm. all this stuff to second street which is like a japanese clothing brand they love like streetwear and this his stuff was yeah. kind of streetwear vibes um and i made probably over 200 dollars off his pieces of stupid clothing was um, that worth it how did that feel it felt really good because he just was not a good like he was like one of the just just not unhealthy relationship you, you that think we okay had. so you at that point you so were like at that point two hundred dollars um, is, is worth me getting emotionally abused yeah he was so <laughs> wild he he like there was a point where i almost got a restraining order against him like that's how bad oh it my was God. There yeah was like that's very a... so go ahead well, no, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, so I, sorry. I, I hate Zoom because I'm not trying to talk over you, but I it's delayed. So you can oh, finish that sentence. No, no, no. It's okay. It's, um, I, you know me. I'm not someone who speaks badly of people, but he just, it was just not good. And so I felt like vindicated when I sold some of this, some of the stuff that, um, um, he had, I would love um, to, I would love to hear, um, 
this this is a very interesting thing that you touched upon about um selling your ex-boyfriend shit is a very funny <laughs> and real yeah. industry i yeah, feel yeah. like everybody should be doing that i mean i haven't yeah. really i don't have an ex because i've only been yeah. with one person but like yeah if especially if they fucked you over there's something funny yes. about like jacking their shit before you leave their place and yes. just selling it on eBay or whatever, like make some money out of it. Even if it's 300 bucks, you know, hey, that's a nice meal out with, with you and your friends. That's great. Exactly. You know? that's, okay. It's just uh, one, can I, yeah. Okay. Can I say there was a red flag off the jump when I dated this guy? He told me off the top, like we were just dating and he was like, when he was giving me the pieces, he's like, hey, promise me you'll never resell this stuff. <laughs> that, that was a red flag who the fuck even says that this must have happened to him multiple times this oh, yeah, because yeah. he's a piece of shit this must have ha been happening to him so that was a red flag and that's why i did it even more after what did you say this. though when he said that what did you say to him I was like, no, of course, of course, at the moment, I didn't think that he was a piece of shit. I didn't know. <laughs> of course so I was like, not. Yeah, yeah. But I, of course not. If you, if you are a piece of shit and I know from the top, but I want to have fun, I'm going to take your nice pieces. So be aware. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting that red flag. Like Gucci suits. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing I haven't done, which a lot of girls I've heard do is, you know, when you get gifted something by an ex or a boyfriend, yeah. like selling that, I I, for some reason, like cherish the gifts I get, whether I like, I guess I don't like really? any of my exes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never oh, But you know what? You said, uh, you said this is your love language. So that makes so much sense. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's from like a horrible person, it's still a love language. I, so you keep yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, uh, therapy. Interesting therapy. therapy. <laughs> Mental health. <laughs> But that Money. could get confusing because that could get confusing because it's like even if the person is like uh, really shitty to you, the language he's speaking via gifts is love to you. So it's like a conflicting. I wonder if you have any conflicting objects around your house. You're like, oh, mm. listen, this watch my boyfriend got me, but he cheated on me or he like assaulted me or whatever. Yeah. But you can't sell it because you love the concept of gifts, <sighs> you know. I know, and um, you're right, Fumi. I should really like. I I really think that it's very important to release some of these like things and hoarding yeah. tendencies. But it, again, it is just so, uh, I don't know. It's like part of my nature. I'm going to say that it's passed down like as like a gene. Mm. <laughs> the, mm. the, it's like in my genetics. Like I can't blame any, like I just, it's hard for me to let go of things. Uh, talking about heritage and things like that. Um, I want to talk about thrifting and, the culture of it for yes as in as in because we're asian i want to talk about asians and thrifting and secondhand okay. um you mentioned something which is you said that you feel weird about the clothes right about yeah purchasing? i think i think just like i think conceptually it's not something i grew up doing uh, uh grew up doing like my parents never took me to a secondhand shop um I, I I knew like around high school when I would go back to Japan, like I saw like we call them in Japanese we say hurugi. Hurugi means like old clothes. It's just mm -hmm. like used clothing or resale. Mm -hmm. And they were like very cool. So I knew that it wasn't I think that was the first time I realized, oh, it doesn't like resale doesn't have to mean 
you know, Salvation Army because I went to Salvation Army in Ohio with my high school friends because some of my friends like to do that shit. And I always went in there and be like, oh, it smells weird in here. Like, there's nothing really good. Like, you have to like, really search for shit. A lot of it to me was like, they don't have my size was like a lot of it when I was younger because mm-hmm. I'm like a smaller person. And I was like, oh, they only have like these big t-shirts and I don't want to wear like these. Because <laughs> this is back in the 2000s when like tight shit was in. So I was like, mm-hmm. I need my shit tight. I need my V-necks tight. <laughs> and it just like, You're yeah, like I think section. for... I'm in boy section. So I think a lot of it it just didn't make sense to me yeah. um you know from from different angles yeah oh yeah um but you know i i want to ask and wondering if this is something maybe uh you notice is that asians are wary of secondhand and they see it as traditionally taboo so i was wondering if that's why you grew up maybe you grew up feeling like there's some sort of weird association with purchasing pieces yeah. that were used by somebody else i i think like i would be curious to see how like each asian country or culture like takes yeah. that i think specifically with like japanese culture um there's always been um some sort of like shade against used anything i think i've said on this podcast before like used cars in japan are extremely cheap um homes do not gain in value over time you could actually youtube like there's these like european guys who go to japan and buy like an older home for like five thousand dollars like in the middle of i nowhere. saw like, that those guys like who cool. renovate white people they that renovate these amazing houses these homes. yeah Bro, yeah yeah i'm like is so is this like normal in the nice parts of japan also in tokyo I, what what happens is um because I, I know this because my grand my, my father has a house that he grew up in nobody lives there because his brothers moved out and also my grandma is in a a old person's home but i was like why don't you just like can we live there or can that just be a home and he was like no the only thing valuable in that in a house is the land and so he was like what happens if someone else buys it they destroy the house this house is not that old this house is probably from the 70s or 60s which in america is nothing right in new york's and la people i used to live in an apartment that was like 100 years old you know you look at our lease and you'll see in the contract like the the numbers 1892 or some shit because they're Mm. so old so it's just like we just don't have an affinity for like old things we love new things i think there's a lot of like environmental things that japan does that's like kind of problematic because of these cultural tendencies but uh yeah i just i don't know if it was bad luck i just think it's more like we just don't do used things we we buy nice Mm. things we buy new things if you can okay So this is what I learned from some research and talking to my friends. I noticed that this is something that I didn't grow up with. I know that in Asian society, we see secondhand clothes as like a superstitious belief that wearing pre-owned clothes is unlucky. There's a societal Mm. stigma of wearing these pieces because they feel as if someone else's energy is still within the clothes. And we are now mm. taking on the clothes' energy and we have no idea what kind of energy situations they were in, right? Yes, yes, um, yes. There's a superstitious belief that wearing it is unlucky. And because of the recent surge in demand for thrifting, this is being challenged. This notion of secondhand is being challenged. Historically, resale sites have faced difficulties expanding into Asian markets due to the ingrained cultural uh, preference for the new, for new items wow. and the shopping for luxury goods firsthand. 
um, as the first preferred choice, consumers have begun moving away from using brands as markers of societal class. And now um, there are studies within um, this brand called Vester Collective. It's not a brand, Vester. There, I might be pronouncing that right. It's a high-end resale designer company. And their numbers show that the average number of sales is twice that of Europe now in Asia. In Asia. When previously, oh, wow. Yes. Uh, they're seeing the beginning, just the beginning of what we call the Asian expansion. I think with the rise of social media and TikTok, Gen Zers who want these high-end things, uh, but don't necessarily have all the money for all this brand new stuff are trending toward like they're like okay let's like let's just purchase this stuff let's second hand buy it you know it's interesting because japan to me growing up because i've been going to japan since i was younger is the only part of at least east asia that i noticed who do resale and they do it well but they do high-end resale they they do high-end and it doesn't like smell like they they love we love clean <laughs> shit and it like really like i've seen you stuff there some of it kind of looks new or like it's been yes. taken care of they I take think the care standard of it. is much higher yeah yes which doesn't feel it almost doesn't even feel secondhand it feels right, literally right. like you said brand new clean the shops also look like you're walking to a louis vuitton it looks super yes. nice it's in ginza which is like one of the most expensive luxury like neighborhoods in japan they have like streets with all these secondhand stores and they're very popular and i think japan has this like obsession with designer things mm-hmm. and i think in a lot of it i was gonna say and maybe you're not categorizing this as secondhand as much but to me the Japanese have been always more okay with Western culture. Like they've been receptive to Western trends and cultures for centuries. Mm-hmm. They've been mm-hmm. welcoming of it. And I think I was thinking that was why they were down to do this. And it was I think, fun. Well, like uh, I think since the war, there's, there was like a big wave of like Japanese obsession with like American things like punk rock and like the hair and the fashion and like just anything Americana always has like a thing there. Um, it's interesting what you say about the Japanese used clothing stores looking like they're brand new and it's its own thing. Because I think even when you walk into like a second street, which they have good stuff, you can tell immediately it is a resale place, right? Because there's so many fucking clothes and it's organized by color and like, you know, it's better than Goodwill, but it still has that mm-hmm. vibe. And I think like the thing with Japanese customers is like, it's, it's not that we mind buying somebody else's thing. It's just that you have to sell me the fantasy like a strip club you have to sell me on the fantasy that <laughs> yeah. it's new and that it's nice and that it's been taken care of. So so whatever you got to do to make me believe that that that's when I'll be comfortable buying, mm. you know. And I think in America like yes, like there's there's less frills. It's like America Americans are cool with buying you shit. So I don't have to make this store look like an H&M. You'll buy it because the buy, the concept of resale and like Buffalo Exchange is not foreign. So you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll just buy this, but that's I think that's like the main thing is you have to kind of trick certain customers into buying used stuff because we don't <laughs> really want to buy it if that's it so feels funny. used, you know. You know, I've been spoiled. I was thinking about this cuz you know how my gift love language is gifts and I was like, where the like I know it comes from my mom. 
My first boyfriend was Japanese. My first ever mm-hmm. boyfriend in high school. He used What's to buy me Joe. <laughs> Joe. Oh, so. he was American? Japanese American? Yeah, he was born here, but his mom. Yeah, he's first generation. But they very Jap- like I, f- I always find like first generation are still very Japanese, like still mm-hmm. carry on a lot of yeah. Anyways, he um would buy me lots of dis- like he's in high school. Like I have no idea how he had the money to be honest. He's like 16, 17 years old. Buy you designer shit. He would buy me. I still have the Tiffany ring he bought me. Did you know the little heart? I have the Tiffany necklace. I think he ha- bought me. A coach wallet. He bought me. I was just talking to yesterday. I was like, "What's my my first phone was a razor? You know, like the flip phone." He Motorola, put it yeah. under. He had my sister put like a box with a razor phone in it under my pillow and put a a song. I think it was bed bed. It goes uh not not the bedrock. The I I'm gonna put you in a bed. It. That one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's a different bed one. <laughs> Anyways, so it's a horny, <laughs> it's a fucking horny ass song. So that that rang, and I woke up to that on my birthday. Isn't that amazing? I was like, wait a but- second, hold, hold the fuck up. <laughs> Where is it? so? Was his dad like? What did his parents do? Because he does not have this money. Is his, his- are his parents rich? His father passed away too, but he passed away during high school. I don't know if I should be saying all this. I think it's okay, but. His father passed, and so, but he owned, his father owned a electrical engine. He would do, in uh, Torrance, he would put all the electrical lighting stuff for all the Japanese restaurants, which there's a lot of in our our hood. So, but I, I think they did have some money because the mom then invested it in real estate and things like that. But not like, I, he, he grew up like most of my friends. Like, it wasn't like, but. Did he have a job? I don't remember him having a job, but I do think that he just saved everything. And he wasn't like, uh, like buying, he wasn't buying shit for everyone else, but he had two older sisters, which I always think boys who have sisters tend to be better partners. And I think they just knew the value of a gift. (laughs) Wait a second. But like, but you as a like 16 year old, I don't know how old you were. I assume you're like 15 or something. 17. When you got a coach wallet or Tiffany Netflix, like that is, that's some, I mean, what is that? I almost feel like that's (laughs) too much sensation. Were you overwhelmed? Because I think a a woman who's 33 would be like, No, I, I, I didn't even you're recognize. You're like, I deserve this and I'm 16. I deserve this. Dude, when you're given the best from the top, you don't even know. What, it's like, you're just <laughs> like, you're like, you're like, oh, this is just like, it is what it is. This is my life. And this I guess like an anime, on. bro. <laughs> this is, I, I've seen like in, in anime, they have like, they always do like a caricature of like a rich boyfriend and her like yeah. spoiled girlfriend. And like, no, they w- always like do this thing. He's not, but that's what I'm saying. He was a very middle like he didn't wear designer clothes he didn't drive a nice car he didn't even have his he own car like he just it he was it just you. about buying for me about buying designer pieces and i thought okay it's because he's japanese like i just now, just associated the Japanese. those things no that's what i said i, I wear, <laughs> I, i've been wearing the heart neck uh ring my whole trip here i wear it all the time i still wear it and i love it 
Oh my god, you're like uh it's like you're like Thanos from Avengers, but they're like different men who've died who've died for you. Yeah. <laughs> you whose hearts you've broken. Yeah, man. Uh I got spoiled straight from this top. I didn't ask for any of those. I just Wait, got yeah, that was I don't wanna really get lucky, too I off topic, but how breaking. do you how I don't wanna get too off topic, but how do your how do your current boyfriends or whatever, like how does Luke <laughs> feel about you being decked out in things that other people bought you? Um I don't, he necess- doesn't necessarily care, but I had my long-term ex used to care. So he would do this thing where he'd buy more nicer things so that I stop using the older things. And so I think oh. there was one bag that I love. This is a tiny Louis Vuitton bag that my other boyfriend gave me. And I loved carrying because it was a perfect tiny size and it's super still nice. And he'd be like, oh, don't care. He's like, don't carry that. I'll get you. So he bought me this like really fancy other bag. Um, and I told him I would, you know, I was like, okay, I'll get rid of this other one for that. But I never did. And now I still carry that tiny one. I'm glad I never got rid of that tiny one. Cause I, because for you, it's I not about it. the money always. It's about the emotion. No. Yeah. Too. I think it's just a nice thing that I was like treated to that. I'm, so the person I date now, I would say again, is the least kind of, uh, they don't care necessarily about brand. They like nice things, but they don't like care about brand things. And they haven't, they kind of like get me like I wouldn't say designer pieces they're kind of in between designer it's like it's not like okay you know like the Prada there's the Prada and then there's this brand yeah. called Mew, Mew Mew which is like I the, know Mew Mew it's cute okay it's like the sister yeah it's cute very cute but it's kind of the younger it's like it's supposed to be more like entry level which is crazy because it's still like a thousand dollars or something for a pair of sh- right like it's still very expensive but you know, he'll ask me what I want. And it's like, he will probably get me that one thing for like my birthday. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like he's, he's I'm not getting like so much. <laughs> I'm getting so much anxiety and I'm not even dating you. I'm getting so <laughs> much anxiety. Oh my God. Why? Like, to, be, to be expected to buy these crazy brand things. Like, I, for I every never fucking said, holiday. I'm not expecting it. It's just like, that's why you, I, been given i don't know what to say you know what i wanted to ask one last question that i thought we could just both do real quick if to wrap it up do you have access to your mint i was wondering if we could compare how much we spent on clothes since 2023 well i just Uh, pulled it up on mint you could just filter it or whatever i spent one thousand ninety one dollars oh that's way less than i thought it would be for you oh Dude, I am so cheap with clothes now. Like I haven't, I used to shop so much. I don't shop as much as I used to. Like this year, Mm. I've been saving. I've been doing good. Like where are the vendors you're going to? Like where you've been spending most of your money? Um, Well, on this trip. All all over the place. It's really all over the place. Um, I went to Out of the Closet. I love going to... uh, Salvation Army, um, this place called Cheapskate. This is like when I was selling my clothes, I would go in and then I end up purchasing shit too. You buy more shit. Trade. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Nordstrom's. I love Nordstrom's. How much were you spending at these places? Mm, Nordstrom's. I mean, this might not be fully connected to everything. Um, 
Okay, I went to Bloomingdale's. I spent $400 for for 27. But you know what I do? I told you, like, I purchase and then I feel bad and then I'll return shit, especially when I don't have money. How, how about you? How much have you spent on clothes? Um, In this year, since January, I've spent $350 on clothes. Oh, and that's... It's not a lot. What? I used to spend way more, but this is because yeah. I don't have, like, a full-time job, but... A yeah. lot of it is ASOS. I, dry, I I buy a lot of stuff on ASOS and I return them. So I see a lot mm-hmm. of like the the green things. I'll buy, you know, I'll just buy a bunch of shit that's free shipping. So I'll spend like 180 at ASOS. But then I, I see here like I return like $90 worth of stuff. Yeah, um, I wow. bought North Face shoes for 140 Second Street, $42. Uniqlo, $43. Cross, Cross Roads, $36. So this is this year. Nice. I, I, I did get into, I got into thrifting a little bit. But yeah, wow. you're right. I mean, I'm not, I'm, not buying, I'm not buying a bunch of shit. Um, but I did actually start buying some stuff on eBay. Like this weird college shirt yeah. that I have. I like weird, co- I like weird <laughs> college shirts. So. Send, hey, Cash Kitties, send, send him your old but nicely worn college stuff. Should we wear our fans' clothes? <laughs> yeah. Like, actually, <laughs> their clothes? <laughs> yeah, we gotta, yeah, we gotta send we us get a your PO stuff. box. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, we need to get um, a little PO. Anyways, well, we're both being really good. I don't think anyone needs to I be spanked this week. I think we're both doing really good. Um, no, I would love thank to you see for this lovely lesson. <laughs> yeah, did you did you find it interesting? What do you feel about all this? Yeah, no, I did like didn't I I you know because like I'm so I think there's a lot of people who are like sort of like semi into fashion like I am like I'm not really into it but I still care but I never really think about like the industry I never think about where my money's going or like where my clothes are going uh, when I throw it away or whatever so I I think like. No, for sure. I think like resale stuff is the way to go just from an environmental thing. And I also think there's a lot of cool shit. And I, you know, I heard this one guy talking about on a podcast. He's the guy who plays L's on um, Dave. He's a really cool guy. He is, um, if you guys have heard of the band called The Internet, uh, her, her, the main singer's name is Sid. She used to be a part of Odd Future Gang or whatever, Tyler the Creator's like art collective back when he lived in LA. So they're like really cool kids from LA. And I saw this guy doing a podcast and he said the reason why he likes to go vintage shopping or resell is he was like, I hate when I go to a party and somebody else is wearing the exact same thing you wear, like the same jacket mm-hmm. or the same shirt. And he was like, that's mm-hmm. the wackest thing. He's like, I never want that to happen to me. But if you go thrifting, that never happens to you because mm-hmm. nobody else has this totally. Princeton women's, women's invitational golf shirt from 2002. <laughs> like nobody has this, you know. Literally so, nobody, Fumi. Literally. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so I think about it from that perspective too. Like it is cool. It's fun. It's cool. It's more it's sustainable. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the way to go, man. I think the first place you should really go is like your family or your friends closets. Dude, I think that is, it is such a good idea. Yeah. It is safe. You know, it's pretty clean most likely. And if it's not, you don't feel that bad about it. It's like, you know, like it's, it's kind of nice because it was like, someone you cared about so like see would you go I through think your- yeah like the thing is i know a lot of like women who do this at least in the comedy circle they'll do like clothing swap nights where they drink wine and eat cheese and like everybody brings clothes and they swap like i know i know comedian friends who do this and i would love to do that with my, my with my boys but i just think it's hard sometimes for straight guys to be like do you guys want to come over and like bring your clothes and we can do a little swap swap bro night you know what i mean it's just harder i I think it's hard to bring up as a bro you know i think you should start i actually think um i mean my guy friends who like are 
you know, also industry people, they like give each other clothes. So it's like, hey, I have all these mm. pieces of like clothing. Do you guys want it? And then it's like, uh, that seems less like whatever, you know, it doesn't have to feel yeah. kind of like intimidating, I think. Yeah, guys are not going to fucking do that. You know what I mean? Really? Oh, shit. My AirPods are running out of battery. So we have to wrap okay. this up. I, ca- okay. I can't even hear you out of my right ear anymore. Anyways, <laughs> um, cuties, thank you so much for listening. Um, next week, Steph will be back in person and we'll get back to regular programming. Um, real quick shout out to our sound engineer, Domagoy, and our video editor, Matthias. Matthias. Thank you. I, don't, I never Yay. asked him how it's pronounced. I should ask him. But thank you guys so much. Uh, we want to hear about your spending habit, guys. So please email us at cashcutiespodcast at gmail.com and tell us what financial topics you want us to talk about. Send us a voice memo and you guys see you next week. And until then, spend your money wisely. Bye or have fun.